The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The only thing that seems to stay the same is change. Change can be hard to manage, but once we've set out to master how we respond to change, we can increase efficiency, reduce stress, and move ahead. Welcome to Change is the New Constant with Lesya Kushner. Lesya and her guests will provide tips and best practices to manage how you can react to change. Now, here's your host, Lesya Kushner. Hello, my name is Lesya Kushner, and welcome to Change is the New Constant. This is such a wonderful show for me, as I'm so pleased to have a special guest join me today. Paula Onisco is a sought-after money, empowerment, and business coach for inspiring entrepreneurs and professional women. She combines her corporate business background with coaching, communications, expertise to help women leap into six-figure success and beyond without burnout or selling their souls. Often referred to as the reframe queen, Paula guides her clients to strengthen their mindset, confidence, boundaries, and money alignment. She incorporates tools such as the sacred money archetypes and EFT tapping, which facilitate profound inner empowerment. Paula's expertise has been featured in the business section of the Calgary Herald, corporate boardrooms, and at women's conferences. Rated a top speaker, she loves sharing wisdom on money mastery, building success, and divine personal power. Welcome to the show, Paula. How Thank are you? So, <laughs> I'm wonderful. Thanks so much, Lesia, for having me. It's a complete pleasure. We are so very aligned at managing people's changes. It's oh, wonderful absolutely. To see, it's wonderful to see that. I'm so glad you're able to join the show with me. Thank you. Well, you know what? Um, let's get started. I just want to sort of share some things with us, and then um, we'll we'll sort of get started and, and have you sort of just give us a little bit of a nutshell as to, as to where we're at. So I just in sharing with you um, where... To, in terms of where changes are, and I'll get, I'll get started a little bit. So I shared with you the title of the show and change being the new constant. So that's how I'll get started. So I did share with you change is the new constant, as things are constantly changing around us. Now, um, many of these changes are impacting where people really are and wanting to go in their life. This is where... Um, we begin to see where what they want to be doing and where they want to be going, but not always sure how they want to get there. This is where wonderful people like you come in as their money, empowerment, and business coach. So can you share with us what you do 
and who are the people you work with? Absolutely. So yes, as you said, I'm a money empowerment and business coach. So primarily the people that come to me are female entrepreneurs who want to grow their businesses. And they may be challenged with how to package their services or how to just increase cash flow or they're at that stage in their business where they're recognizing, hey, I'm the bottleneck and now I need to get out of my way and leverage my expertise, build teams so I can reach a broader audience. So they're absolutely stepping into leadership as an empowered CEO. They likely need to get strategic with their marketing and they're coming into greater alignment with their personal relationship with money and empowerment so that they can make what I call happy, healthy money flow. Because I truly believe if you're not remaining happy and healthy as you're creating that money flow, it's not worth it. So that's in a nutshell who I serve. Wonderful, wonderful. So when women come to you, not just with business investing, you really align with investing in oneself. Mm -hmm. So this is so important. Let's begin there. Set that overall stage and explain what you mean by this. Yes. So what I have come to discover is that every business problem is actually a personal problem in disguise, whether we are consciously aware of it or not. All business is happening between people. It's our, our ability to relate to one another. So to the extent we can do that effectively, to the extent that we can be in relationship, that we can understand our clients' needs, that we can lead a team, that we can be led by others, that we can listen attentively and and speak confidently, all of those things allow us to be successful in business. And to the extent that we can't do that because there's a block of some sort going on within ourselves, of course, our business is going to be compromised as well. So I really believe that the place to start is to look at empowering oneself and living out your possibilities as opposed to your limitations. You know, entrepreneurship is such a crash course in personal development because every day you are being asked to share your value with the world and that can be really vulnerable. So that personal empowerment and investing in oneself to become the strongest, most confident version of yourself and stand strongly in your personal power is so important to overall business success and also just life happiness. So that personal empowerment and that personal growth, that's a that gets to be a little bit of a challenge. When we're it's doing a biggie. That, yeah, whoa, it's a biggie. <laughs> that personal growth. Um how do we even start that how do we even get into that in order to be able to move forward there um how where where do we even begin well I think it begins with identifying you know where do you want to go because so many people know what they don't want and they're not clear with where they want to go And so if we can start there and get that clarity, then that helps them know, okay, so what is a smaller version of that bigger thing? Let's chunk it down. And what is one step or one change that we need to make? And, you know, it can be overwhelming because oftentimes when we look at that big thing, there's such a big gap between where we currently are and where we want to go that we don't know where to start. 
And that's why someone like myself, who's a coach, can come into someone's life and say, okay, this is where you are. This is where you want to go. How do we chunk it down? What's the thing we start with and get you success with that? Because if we can teach you, you know, to get success with a smaller thing, then you learn the habits involved in change and then you can move that forward. It's very hard to do many things at once, as you probably are aware yourself. Absolutely. Is this where we honestly start looking at, um, now from a change management perspective, this is where when we're starting to look at, you know, the, the big versus the little changes. And mm-hmm. um, I have to admit, um, from a change management, I'm sort of starting to look at that big picture versus the, the small thing and, you know, wondering what my best option is um a transformation versus the quick fix and where what is my best what are my best options and so you know short-term solution quick fix the band-aids are not um so what are what are your best options here and how how do you go about approaching that yeah, that's a very good uh, distinction between quick fixes and transformation. You know, sometimes a quick fix can be used to give you that initial burst, that initial success, but quick fixes don't last. And so then you need to get the next quick fixed and it doesn't last. So what happens over a period of time, if we keep just doing quick fixes, uh, and, and let's equate this to fad dieting where you try one thing, it doesn't work. So you try another thing, it doesn't work. What you're doing is you're building up a perpetual cycle of disappointment. And that mm. it can be very damaging to one's self-confidence. Transformation is very different. Transformation, of course, will be longer lasting. It likely will take a longer time period to go through because we're not just looking at the surface We're beginning to understand the deeper layers, the deeper patterns of thought, belief, action, and right down to identity. Who who do I say I am? And from that, of course, your actions, your beliefs, and your thoughts flow from that. So, Uh, you know, if I equate that to something like I have a headache, I take an Advil for the headache. Well, it might get rid of the headache for now, but the headache might come back because I haven't addressed the underlying causes. And of course, there can be many causes that we need to look at. And, you know, when it comes to transformation, you have to be patient with yourself because these are things, these habits and patterns that you've likely been practicing for years, decades. So they take a bit of time to unravel and yet the results are longer lasting and way more rewarding than any quick fix will give you. Wow, wow, that's that's huge. So when you are working with people um, and you're starting to get into that, how do you get into those sort of um, those layers? How how do you even work at that? Yeah, well, hopefully you're doing it with guidance of somebody because when we start to pull back the layers, it can get vulnerable. Remember what every layer represents. A layer represents uh, protection. At some point in time in your life, the reason why you accumulated the layer is you put it on to maybe to feel safer as a coping strategy 
you might actually have been in a dangerous or compromised situation. So it might have been very warranted at the time for wherever you were in your life at the time, which is usually at a much younger age. The mm. challenge was you you keep living that layer. You keep living the beliefs um, that, that came about when that layer was put on, even if that layer or that situation is no longer in effect in your life. So there may have been a time where, you know, when you were four or five and somebody said something mean to you on the school playground or a parent said it when they were having a moment, maybe not their best parenting moment, and they were just frustrated in the moment and they say something. And it can be something as simple as words we say. And in that moment, there is a need, a subconscious, unconscious need to protect yourself. And so you develop a coping strategy. And then that forms a belief about you that you hold on to you being any one of the listeners here, you hold on to it and it starts to gather strength because you keep believing it. So that 30 years later, you're holding on to that belief system, even though it might have happened many, many years ago and isn't true today. So as we go and unpeel those layers, layer at a time, and believe me, you can't unpeel them faster than you're ready to, you at the same time want to be adding in the supportive layers the supportive thoughts so that you are replacing unsupportive with supportive and building new identity that can support the change that you want it's interesting because in from a change management perspective um when i'm working through things um oftentimes that change management things seem to get worse and I call this the fragile time, fragile in quotes, um, before things progress and success will be seen. And uh, so you're sharing with me that you, you do see that as well. I mean, absolutely. that's when you eventually this, see the successful path. But um, so things, so, sometimes you do see that um, unraveling and hopefully that success is seen um, when what happens if you don't see the success it's very easy to jump ship at that point it is very easy to say you know what the cost of the change I'm in the midst of it and it feels yucky and I don't want to be here anymore and I've forgotten really how bad it was before I started the change so I'm jumping out of that and going back to the way it was because change is uncomfortable and we are creatures of habit we love things to stay the same even though that's really not true in reality so you will get to that place where it does get worse before it gets better and it's the time to really lock on to faith and a vision and knowing you can do it and really parsing down that change into really small manageable chunks for example when I used to do more on the health and wellness coaching side of things I you know I didn't need my clients to be at the gym seven days a week how about you go for a five minute block walk around the block start there because that's manageable that's already creating change that's already building the change muscle within you and I think Let's see, most people don't realize that change is not just about the habit, it's about the emotional journey that you will go through as well. And I don't think enough people give space for that, the emotional journey and to process the emotions as they come up. So they're just thinking, oh, I just need to take new action. And that's just part of a change process. The emotional journey is so crucial to navigate and have the space to navigate as well. 
Wonderful. That, you know, that is definitely something that I think a lot of people can relate to. um, And just such a challenge here. Um, Mm -hmm. When when we're going through so many things as to how how we can make that happen, um, that's certainly something as to how do we turn that around for ourselves, um, just to sort of see how we can get you know, get out of that rut sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, that's definitely something that we can relate to. Um, now, one of the next questions um, that I would love to cover is when you have someone who's approaching you and, you know, they are dealing with the challenge. Um, so when you have a client that's coming to you with a challenge and that's driving their desire to change, um, I want us to think about how we're going to help them. Um, we have to take a quick break right away. So let's just sort of think of that and how, how we can come and have that answer ready for them. So when a client comes to you and they're dealing with a challenge that is driving their desire to change, we'll talk about, we'll take a break right away and come back and have that answer. So we'll take a break right away. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Lesya Kushner is the host of Change is the New Constant and a respected change manager. In our lives, change really is the new constant. Things in life are moving and changing so much faster than they have in the past. Lesya consults with large companies, speaks with groups wanting to facilitate changes, and has a change management blog sharing change tips and techniques, which you can find at crystalmount.com. Even though Lesya does all of that, as a change management consultant, she works with companies by going through implementations and restructuring, determines how users will be impacted, Then she eases the transition to make it a success. As a change manager speaker, she shares the tips and techniques on change management, introducing key aspects of communication, which is that critical point of successful changes. To contact Lesya for more information, please visit her website at crystalmount.com. That's crystalmount.com. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to Change is the New Constant with Lesya Kushner. If you have a question or comment, feel free to email lesya at crystalmount.com. That's L-E-S-I-A at crystalmount.com. She'll perhaps address your question or comment on a future show. Now, back to Change is the New Constant. Hello, I'm Lesya Kushner, and welcome back to Change is the New Constant. I'm working with... Paulo Nisco, who's a money empowerment and business coach. Um, so, Paula, just before the break, um, we were talking about how clients work with you, and the question that we were talking about just prior to the break was: when a client comes to you, um, they are dealing with challenges, and so oftentimes they have 
what's driving their desire to change. So, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. Just, yeah, let's just talk about that. So they're dealing with a challenge, and they're what's driving their desire to change. Usually, yeah, yeah. Usually, what drives their desire to change is the cost of staying the same. Continuing to do what they're doing is too great. Wow. It is a, because as human beings, you know, we will tolerate a lot. We will get the little pebbles, the little warning signs, and that's not enough to trigger change. It's when something gets really big that we can't ignore it anymore. Um, we are either inspired to change or in some cases we are forced to change. And so when that cost is great enough, then change is something that people want desperately But until that pain or cost is great, it's interesting, but not inspiring or motivating enough to change. And, you know, for the people that I work with, I work with people who are in that place where they really want to change and they're willing to do what it takes almost no matter what, almost like their life depends on it, because truthfully, it does. The quality of their life is absolutely at stake. And so when I can get a person at that stage where they're really recognizing what is this costing me to stay the same, to do what I'm doing, and we can quantify that. Sometimes we can quantify it in dollars and cents. Sometimes we can just quantify it in terms of the impact it's having on the various areas of a person's life. Because, of course, my approach is a holistic one. Then they really see, wow, I can't keep going like this. I I can see the cost of this, and if I can see the cost, then I know that if I make a change, that change ripples into every single area. Oh, that's interesting. Can you give me an example for from some of your clients? Like, what what would be some of those changes? Well, gosh, I coach people on so many different topics. You know, sometimes it can be just a lifestyle thing where they are, you know, being impacted by health and health is impacting relationship and relationship is impacting finances and finances impacting, you know, their spiritual connection. That's so Uh, interesting. Yeah, I think specifically where I'm at right now in my business and the, the women I'm coaching is that many of these business owners really want to have an impact in the world and in order to do that they need to make money because of course without the money flow there they you know the impact cannot be there and Huge. in order to do that yes I'm you know I don't believe it's not about the money it absolutely is about the money because we need to have the funds to continue the growth but in order to do that there's just so much to do within the business and many of these entrepreneurs are not just running a business they're running a household so they're busy working moms uh, wives and and many of them are active in their communities so what I'm needing to teach them because of course we just can't do everything and there's only so many hours in a day and we all get the same a number of hours in a day but we need to get very strategic with our time and to make sure that the effort we're putting in is absolutely giving us a return. And so um, for many women, I teach a number of things. I get them to understand 
very clearly what is it that you want from your business? What kind of return do you need in your business? What are the money goals that you're setting? Because we're not just doing this for free. This is not just an expensive hobby. And then if this is the amount of money you want to make in your business, let's reverse engineer that and figure out, okay, what do you need to be doing? How much, how many clients at what price point? And then what are the actions? What are the marketing actions that will get you that impact that you need? You know, we don't need to be doing everything. And it's about prioritizing our time. And helping women come into right relationship with time is actually a really big deal because this concept of work-life balance doesn't tend to work for a person who has so many things to do. Everything seems Mm. important. And if everything's important, that's the recipe for overwhelm because it's like, what do I do first? So I'm working with my clients more on creating this concept of instead of work-life balance to have intentional imbalance. So there will be periods of time in your life where your business might need a bit more focus because you're in a growth phase or a particular project and then that might slow down and then you need to give more attention to your child who's got a big soccer tournament coming up or then that might shift to a volunteer activity because if there's a major fundraising that can actually impact your business you know, when it's all managed strategically or you might have parents who are aging and they're needs to be more time given to them so if we can understand that we can create these intentional imbalances that move and shift over time then we can one give ourselves a bit of a break and cut some slack that we're not trying to do everything we can recognize that we do need to uphold boundaries at certain times so that we can focus on what's important we can start to delegate realizing there's a lot of really competent people out there that we could hire and they would be wonderful for us and yeah and also to build a team of support so that and that can support can be at home but it also can be in the workplace so that we feel like we have a village around us that has our back i love that term imbalance um i mean i i think most of us working moms this is something that we can all relate to yeah that's wonderful And I think if we don't recognize that, let's call a spade a spade, that is what it is. Otherwise, we're in this battle with ourselves because we feel we should have more balance when the reality is when do we ever really have true balance? We're trying to create a sense of equilibrium over time, but at any one point in time, we likely have an, an intentional imbalance. And if we are consciously aware of that, then we can be at peace with it. Now, in in terms of the creating that desire to change, um, I, I know that even for myself, trying to figure out what exactly the do that I want, sometimes I find that to be quite a challenge. Is that something that's common? It is. It's very common because most people, and partly the way the brain is wired, most people focus on what they don't want. Not oh. what they do want. Yeah. You know, I, don't, I read a study once that said four out of five thoughts are negative. So our brain is attuned to what's not working. And we have to consciously work harder to acknowledge and have gratitude for that which is working. So when it comes to looking at, well, what do we want? We're very clear on what we don't want. And then there's two things. We have to, you know, turn that around and say, okay, well, if this is what I don't want, then what's the opposite of that? What do I want? 
And then the second part of that is, and can I believe that that is possible for myself? Because if we don't believe it's possible, even if we want it, we will sabotage ourselves from having it because we truly, at a deeper level, which is again about, you know, those layers of transformation, we might not believe it's possible and we will block it energetically. So do you then work to sort of create that title for someone, like creating that identity? Like how, how would you, how would that fit for the user? Yeah, so absolutely identity is part of that because when you have a certain identity, then what falls out of that are the beliefs and the actions and the thoughts and the habits. And until a person has stepped into that identity, there is an energetic mismatch. So one of the most important things that I'll wake up in the morning and I'll say is, you know, who do I want to be today? And that Mm. is a, a simple but profound question to recognize You and I and everyone listening, we are at choice with who we be. And when we can remind ourselves, I'm at choice, then we are in a place of empowerment to make different decisions. And sometimes the smallest of decision in anchoring in that identity opens up a new possibility for someone especially when it comes to change management. So for example, let's just use the example of somebody who wants to be healthy. You know, if if a person hasn't yet identified themselves with, I am a healthy person, I am a person who lives a healthy lifestyle, their choices about what they're going to eat, how much exercise or movement that they're going to get are going to be very different if they actually spend time embracing the identity of a healthy person. And the same is true with an empowered CEO and any other identity you choose to take on. That's the source of it. That's the source of your power is stepping into that identity and putting it on like a cloak. This is who I am. Wonderful. Wonderful. This is this is so great because so many of the things that I'm I've got from a change management perspective, I can bring from a professional perspective and bring it into my personal life. So so many of these things um, you know are part of what I can relate to from the personal perspective and so so you know this is so great so great excellent okay um so now you are the expert in working with people not only from the holistic perspective but also from the financial perspective I've heard you say how we do money is how we do everything Tell me about that. Yeah, that's a shocking statement, isn't it? How it we do is. money? Yeah. And at first, I'll tell you when my mentor said that, I kind of resisted it because I thought, well, that applies in some situations, but not all. Until I really started to pay attention. The reason why that is true is because we each have innate patterns around money, and money and our sense of personal worth whether we want to admit it or not, are very tied together. You know, money is stored in the root chakra, and so it is really about our identity. So when I work with clients, as you mentioned in my bio, I work with the sacred money archetypes, and archetypes are innate patterns around money. And they don't just reflect how you do money, they reflect how you look look out to the world. It's the lens through which you look at the world. And... 
If you start to pay attention in your life and the decisions you're making, what you're going to notice is that the concept of money has an undercurrent in almost every decision you make, from the food you eat, to the clothes you wear, to the vacation you take, to the career you chose, to the partner you chose, to the people you hang around with. All of those At the surface, not all of them may be obvious, but if you really spend time and notice, they all have that undercurrent. So our relationship with money, how we see ourselves with money is affecting everything. And that's why when I'm working with somebody, I really want to help them understand this is the way you see money. And this is how you see yourself in relationship to money. And this is how you see the world through that lens. So there are eight archetypes and I won't go through them today, but if anyone is interested in discovering what your top three archetypes are, I do have a URL that I believe will be um, placed in the show notes and I can just give that as well here. Is it okay to give that here? Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's touch on the top three. So this is just the the URL for where they can go to do the assessment to determine their archetypes. And it's www, my name, Paula Onisco, and I'll spell that out, P-A-U-L-A-O-N-Y-S-K-O dot com forward slash, and then this next part has no spaces, grow your money flow. So the whole thing is www.paulaonisco.com forward slash grow your money flow and you can go there and sign up for a free assessment and once you do the assessment you'll determine your top three money archetypes and that will really help illuminate a lot for you I know that when I had my um, determined my top archetypes there was one in there in particular that was a bit of a shock for me and when I first saw it I resisted it because I said yeah no that's not me And then I watched myself behave and I thought, ah, this is me. This is exactly me. And what it's doing is it's starting to show you your blind spots because each one of the archetypes has gifts and challenges. And we need to understand what those are and not ignore the challenges, live out the gifts, but also be aware of the challenge so that we're not getting blindsided by its consequences. Interesting. Now, when you have those different archetypes, um, do they change and transform as you grow working? Um, Do they change with you? So, or do they sort of stick with you? Yeah, that's an interesting question. There, we were taught uh, when this was presented to us that once you've done the archetypes, you know, that your innate patterns won't change that much. There might be a little bit of fluctuation. What I think can happen is if you've had a significant life event or you've done a ton of personal development, there might be a slight change in the archetypes. The third might move into the fourth position and that sort of thing. But overall, the patterns remain the same because you're looking at your pattern over a lifetime, not what you've done in the last month so the, they should stay fairly the same and um, if you you know honor that and not try to jinx the quiz you will get the most accurate results from it wonderful wonderful that you know I, I think what we'll do is I will provide that URL um, and that will be um, available for anyone who would um, like that information um, we are going to be taking a break um, right away here, and um, we were going to. Uh, we'll, we will provide more of this information um, um, right after the break, um, and 
will look, take a look at how the technological enhancements um, as part of the changes and how those are going to be impacting um, Paula with her coaching as well right after the break. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Lesia Kushner is the host of Change is the New Constant and a respected change manager. In our lives, change really is the new constant. Things in life are moving and changing so much faster than they have in the past. Lesia consults with large companies, speaks with groups wanting to facilitate changes, and has a change management blog sharing change tips and techniques, which you can find at crystalmount.com. Even though Lesia does all of that, as a change management consultant, she works with companies by going through implementations and restructuring, determines how users will be impacted, then she eases the transition to make it a success. As a change manager speaker, she shares the tips and techniques on change management, introducing key aspects of communication, which is that critical point of successful changes. To contact Lesya for more information, please visit her website at crystalmount.com. That's crystalmount.com. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to Change is the New Constant with Lesya Kushner. If you have a question or comment, feel free to email lesya at crystalmount.com. That's L-E-S-I-A at crystalmount.com. She'll perhaps address your question or comment on a future show. Now, back to Change is the New Constant. Hello, I'm Lesya Kushner, and welcome back to Change is the New Constant. So hi, Paula Nisko, and thanks again so much for joining me. So as a change manager, I see so many professional skills being successfully brought into my personal life. So as a money, empowerment, and business coach, you see professional skills transferring. Do you see professional skills transferring into your personal life? Every day. Every day, Lesia. <laughs> Sometimes more than I wanted. Where do you see them? <laughs> yeah, you know we're the biggest place, and I'll tell you, uh, once you go down this path, life is your mirror, and the place I see it the most is in partnering my daughter, uh, parenting. Uh, sorry, parenting my daughter. She is my greatest mirror. Paula. That's yeah, she's she's my greatest mirror and also my greatest teacher. And I'll tell you why. You know, you can have a vision for what parenting looks like, and likely you got that partly from how you were parented. Yeah. And then you and then you have the child you have. Right. And so you get the two options, right? You see them right. in it's two places. And so if I don't let go of my ego and how I think it's supposed to go and step into being present to the daughter that's right in front of me with all her brilliance and beauty and including those things that challenge me, I am going to create stress for myself. So when it comes to looking at the tools that I have in my coaching world, it's absolutely to bring those into my parenting and apply them. And one of the things that I've had to do the most, even though it's not the way I was parented, was to seek agreement more. And what I mean by that is most of our 
struggles, I think, between people is because we have expectations of somebody else that they've not agreed to. And we're pushing our agenda on somebody. And Mm -hmm. if we're doing that and they have not agreed, that's when we feel hurt, we feel misunderstood, we feel we've been let down, when the reality is they've not agreed to it. And the same is true for children. We have to go about it a different way because it's not like, you know, they can run the show all the time. At the same time, they're a human being. And when we seek agreement in a positive, supportive way, they are going to honor that agreement. And of course, there's consequences when they don't and they need to be taught that because such is life. And if we don't teach them that, the world will teach them that. So it's really important that that they're taught that. But imagine being able to do that in any relationship where before you had an expectation of somebody, you actually formed an agreement that both of you participated and committed to. So that's a huge place where I've had to really learn and look at my stuff. So when you're not having sort of your ideal situation, how do you catch yourself? How do you know that that's the case? Do you... Well, I can feel, I can feel it in my body. Uh-huh. And, and I can tell that there is a misalignment. And mm. likely what's happening is I've gone headstrong, where now I'm just on a track. And, you know, come hell or high water, I'm pushing forward with that track. And I'm ignoring what is present right here and now. Because I'm just sort of thinking of myself with my children. Um, I mean, they're not kids, children anymore. I mean, they're they're um, grown adults. And I'm thinking, gosh, in the heat of the moment, um, that would be the non-ideal situation um, for myself personally. So, so how would I? How would you recommend I not do that? Yeah, first of all, ground your energy, because if you're ah, in the mm-hmm. heat of the moment and headstrong, your energy, if you think about your head, it's high up there. It's not grounded. You're not feeling your feet. So it's like, stand up, mm-hmm. wiggle your toes, mm-hmm. likely step away from the situation and ground your energy again. Put your hand on your heart and commit to leading from the heart as opposed to the head. Oh, see, look at this wonderful advice. Oh. Yeah, and if you do that, you usually will soften. You will start to say, okay, what are possibilities here? Because when we are in the heat of the moment, we have our perspective, and it's like that's the only perspective we can see. And we're very attached to our perspective in the moment, as opposed to stepping back, grounding, hand on the heart, and saying, what other possibilities exist here? And that's not sure. just for you, that's to say that to the child as well and have them, whether that's a you know four-year-old or an adult child, for them to have that experience of, okay, open my eyes, what else is possible here? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. Okay. Well, for the next topic, with the technological enhancements that we've recently been seeing, um, I mean... Gosh, with the whole computer technological enhancements, how has this impacted so many people's lives? Um, I mean, when you look at how people are spending so much time now, um, and this isn't just people professionally, and I'm not just talking adults, we can take this all the way down to young children. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
and you know and not just working class you can take this anywhere from whatever age range you want to and this has been from a wonderful perspective I think but it can be from you know the pendulum swings from one extreme to the other give me your thoughts yes my thought is we need to make sure that we remember technology is a tool and that we lead technology and not become a slave to it. So, ah. you know, when a person is running a business, let's look at that. Technology is allowing us to do things we could never have done without it. I can have clients all over the world. I can chat with a loved one miles away. I can take amazing photos or amazing video and store it all in a cloud. The things that we can do now blow my mind. And yet, if we're not careful, technology can consume us. And one of the things that I work with with my clients is making sure that technology is not becoming your biggest distraction. Because if it's becoming a distraction, you are connecting from your priorities, you're connecting from your body wisdom, you are connecting, or sorry, you are disconnecting from your priorities, disconnecting from body wisdom, and you are becoming less mindful and whatever uh, less mindful yes and what that less mindful beautiful right so as much as it's supposed to help us if we become less mindful then we are not aware of when the boundaries of technology have collapsed in on us hmm you know what and this is where i'm coming up with that phrase where change is the new constant where things are constantly changing technology is changing so much and there are all of these things that are new all the time change is the new constant this is where Mm -hmm. i've come up with that Mm -hmm. my goodness well and you're seeing it with children as you and i both know where you know a, a child is walking across the street and they're with their headphones on they're looking down at their whatever smartphone or iPod and they're not aware anymore and just as much as we want to bring technology to people we also have to teach the behaviors that keep us healthy and safe and mindful wow beautiful okay the next thing I'd love to do is let's do some thought-provoking questions so your Ooh. first question. <laughs> You're putting me on the spot. Oh, I, I'm I'm good. I'm just eager to hear your answers. So the okay. first question: What are you most proud of yourself for right now? Mm. Right now. Hmm. I think that answer would have been different a year ago. But I've had quite a journey over the last year because it was in December of 2015. I was making my famous rum balls and I fell down the stairs on the garage and fractured a bone in my foot. Whoa. And let me tell you, this links to what we were just talking about because after having many, many days, weeks and months with my leg elevated, I had a lot of time to think about it. And what I recognized was the way in which I was living my life back then, I was not being mindful. My feet were physically, metaphorically, literally, all of the above, not underneath me. 
and I was moving really fast in my mind thinking about the next thing I had to do and I wasn't aligned. So I'm not surprised that that quote-unquote accident happened. And yet it took a very long time and is still something that I'm working on to bring strength back into that foot. Now to bring um, balance, muscle balance on the left and the right side and to have this constant reminder, which is this is the part that I'm most proud of, the constant reminder to be mindful, to really hear what my body is telling me, to have my feet underneath me and to not be ahead of myself. So that's why I'm most proud because it was you know, it was a very eye-opening, talk about change and change being forced on you. And so it was very illuminating for me. And yet coming out the other side of it, I'm grateful because it's caused a ripple effect in a number of areas of my, biz- of my business and life. Wonderful. What inspires you? Well, I just had a weekend at my sister's house and we pulled out the grand piano and old music <laughs> that I have not sung in a very long time. And the kids outside came to the door because we were singing so loud they could hear us outside. So what inspires me today is music. And, uh, you know, I used to sing a lot. I used to perform a lot. And then I realized there was a period of time where I stopped singing. And having that hour to sing had me recognize how much music touches my soul and is an expression of my soul. So I got to get back to it. Beautiful. Success is... Success is, you know, everyone's definition is different and I want to honor that. And I think everybody listening, make sure that you're creating your own definition of success. For me, success is doing my absolute best, uh, even beyond what I think is possible. Because I really believe that we don't even fully know what we're capable of. And then when we start leaning into what else is possible, what more can I achieve, we discover, oh my gosh, there's so much more. And that's truly what success is. It's not about perfection. It's not about not making mistakes. It's about doing your best every single day, learning from what happens and saying, okay, what's next? Beautiful. Yeah. The purpose of change is... The purpose of change, the purpose of change, it's kind of linked to my answer in in the question before, is to explore your edges. Because when you are on the edge of change, that's when you discover what you're really made of and what's really possible. And tied with that then is flowing with the universe. And I know that sounds a little bit woo-woo, but as you've said, you know, change is the new constant. If we look at anything in this universe under a microscope, we will see that it is in motion. Even the word emotion is energy in motion. So mm. purpose of change is to be in the flow of that and not be fighting that. Just allow it to move you and see what is next on the path instead of putting, you know, digging in the heels and saying, I'm not, I'm going to resist. So Yeah, I love that, to just flow with the universe and see what's next. Wow. Now, speaking of next, um, we're going to be wrapping things up right away here. Um, Okay. Next week, um, I'm going to be doing a show on the role of leaders in times of change. Mm. Um, So I'm going to be where we need to take a look at the role 
properly so that changes can be successful. As a change manager, I work with the leaders to take on their critical roles here. Um, So um, for all of my listeners, will join me in next week's session. That's going to be so wonderful. So thanks again to Paula for sharing her money, empowerment, and business wisdom here with us today. That was so wonderful. Thank you for all of that. Um, Your final words here, Paula. Oh, well, thank you for having me. It's been absolute delight. I think what I want to say to all the listeners out there is don't settle. It is so easy to settle, and yet I know for you, and I'm going to hold this space for you, that you are capable of so much more than you may currently be allowing yourself, and you deserve to thrive. So don't sell yourself short. If you aren't seeing the success with what you're doing, it means that you need to take a step back and be willing to change, be willing to try something new, because of course, the mindset and the thing that thinking that created the problem is not going to be the same as that which comes up with a new solution. So be willing to do that deeper work that we were talking about because your life, your business, your happiness is so worth it. That's so interesting. That's so interesting. But you know, it's important that we have to always make sure that we put that first. You know, you have to make sure that you take that time to you know there are things that are constantly changing and you have to make sure that you put those things first absolutely thanks so once again it's been wonderful having you here with me i'm lesia kushner and thanks for joining me today change is the new constant thanks for listening Be sure to tune in to Change is the New Constant with Leshya Kushner next Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This week, identify change in your life and how you can respond positively. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.